Hey, security peeps, we are back with another edition of Breaking Into Cybersecurity, and I am here. I'm Renee Brown Small, cybersecurity super recruiter, helping amazing leaders get uh, higher cybersecurity talent and helping cybersecurity awesome folks get into roles. And I am here with a special guest today, Jermaine Stanley. Say hi to everyone, Jermaine. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Glad to be here, Renee. Excited to have you here. So Jermaine is the vice president of the ISACA Greater DC chapter. Just became vice, vice president recently. He's doing some amazing work, has been with ISACA for over 10 years now, right? That is correct. It's been about 15 years in total. I've been uh, part of a couple of other chapters, uh, Detroit's chapter as well as the phoenix chapter and uh, my longest stint has been with uh greater washington dc okay wonderful so jermaine is here he's going to talk to us about we're going to learn a little bit about a few different things his career how he got to where he is today and then i know you all you all our cybersecurity peeps always have questions around certifications that's one of the things that we'll talk about since he's the VP over at Isaka in the, the DC chapter, greater DC chapter of Isaka. And um, finally, we'll talk about a little bit about this diversity panel that you have um, that Isaka is having tomorrow. And I'm going to be a panelist, so that's exciting. Um, but enough about me. Let's talk about you. How did you get into the security field? Wow. Uh, so, you know, a lot of things happen for a reason is what I said. I'll start off with that. Um, I got into cyber out of necessity. Uh, in 2009, I was working with a, a pretty substantial uh, accounting tax business consulting firm in Phoenix, Arizona. And during the recession, a lot of things happened. A lot of people lost their jobs. Mm -hmm. uh, I was also uh, what I would consider let go uh, is not, not performance related, but it's just business was slow. And uh, for those who had kept up with those times, Phoenix, Las Vegas, a lot of towns and cities out west in the desert, you know, those areas were hit pretty hard. And from a career perspective, what I was focused on, a lot of those opportunities dried up. So you know, I started to venture into other paths. You know, what can I do to support my family? And uh, what what happened was there was an opportunity on the East Coast here in D.C. that was more geared towards FISMA, you know, your your data security, your, infra, your information security, and obviously cyber. So I started to venture in that space as well. I also received uh, suggestions from colleagues who said, hey, if you're really looking for an opportunity that's kind of recession-proof, get into data security. That was the first time that I really started thinking about data security and cybersecurity. So that was around 2009, 2010, excuse me, 2011, I decided to make a move and relocate to, to the East Coast. And ever since then, I've been gradually gaining more momentum as far as experience goes in cyber. Well, that's awesome. So it's come kind of full circle because 10 years ago, there was a big, the big recession or 20, it was like 2008, 2009. Mm -hmm. 
huge recession and you're in the Phoenix area. Now I'm wondering how people are faring right now in that area. I mean, this is completely (laughs) nothing like we've ever seen before this COVID-19 situation. Um, But now being in a recession, what would you tell people? Like what, what some of the advice that you would give them since you were transitioning into security right around now. And I know a lot of our Mm -hmm. listeners and viewers are looking to transition into security right around now, especially since security, like to your point, recession proof. Um, Currently, I just read an article that security job postings are up 20%, IT job postings overall up 28%. So what's some advice that you would give people um, who are looking to transition? First and foremost, I always say, use your network. And I've always advised uh, folks on building your network in a way that when things like this happen, you know you have a, a, a group of people you can reach out to or a community. So that's what saved me during the 2009 um, recession. Mm-hmm. Now, it was not as, my, 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 my network was not as strong as it is now. But back then, I made a decision. I said, look. I'm not going to get caught off guard like this again. I'm going to make sure that my network is uh, strong, right? And I'm mm-hmm. being very so. I'm being very selective about that. And it's not, you know, I just connect with anyone. Um, I I connect with people for a couple of reasons. One is just, you know, I like connecting with people. I also like being uh, a conduit for others who might need connections to opportunities because that's what I look for during those those tough, those tough times back in 2008 and 9. And LinkedIn saved me. I'll I'll, I'll testi- testify to that. That's mm-hmm. how I found my 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 opportunity on the East Coast. There was a LinkedIn post. So I became a believer then of LinkedIn. And uh, so LinkedIn is all about networking. It's all about connecting. It's all about um, you know becoming part of different groups that are like-minded, and it's it's a great platform. Now I know there's other platforms out there uh, that we can use, but for me, networking and having a strong a strong network of people that you trust that can be sounding boards for you, that can also give you good sound advice, uh, are very important. That's what I. recommend to those who are looking to uh, move to their next opportunity. And it's so interesting because I think that's such great advice, the networking piece and how much easier networking is due to LinkedIn. So some of us who was around way before LinkedIn became this popular networking, it was truly physical networking you know, going to the events and going to the meetups, which we all still were doing prior to COVID-19. I mean, this week is is Black Hat is happening all virtually, but most of the folks would be in um, Vegas in person. Um, so being a believer of LinkedIn, I'm a huge proponent, as you can tell, <laughs> of LinkedIn um, on here more than any other social network. You can't catch me anywhere else. Um, and what would you say to people who because some I don't think people fully understand how to really use LinkedIn sometimes. Mm-hmm. What were some of the things that you saw when you or you've used LinkedIn for? Like you said, you were very strategic about 
going in, getting a network, building out? What are some of the specific things that you do or you've done that have made your networking outreach successful? Well, I could say this is that you learn from others, right? So trial and error is obviously always going to be a part of the equation. And, you know, when I see others who are really doing well with the connecting, uh, I, I look at how they do it. And one, a couple of things came to mind. They post, obviously, but they post content that is relevant and helpful to others. Then uh, that's through a regular post or through an article or, you know, sharing a video or something like that. So that's, that's one of the ways you can do this. Recommendations from others. Uh, that you've worked with in your career uh, are good uh, indicators of you know, you know making a more robust uh, LinkedIn profile. I would also say any skills that you, you, you have acquired throughout your career, don't be afraid to talk about yourself. And, and that's what LinkedIn allows you to do. You have to talk about yourself. I tell my kids all the time, if we don't know what you're thinking. We're not. We don't know what you're thinking unless you say something, and and and, and voice your opinion. Talk about yourself a little bit. It's okay to talk about yourself. Um, some people don't want to, but in times like this, there are so many folks that are, you know, trying to figure out their next move because the, the particular career that they're in may not have the ability to pivot, like say us in the cybersecurity space, right? Mm -hmm. To go virtual. So you got to have that network and you, and you got to build it the right way. But those are some of the tips I would leave with the audience. Perfect. So Paris Brown wants to know, um, any advice for a recent master's graduate in IT with an emphasis in security? She's already working in IT, ready to go into security. And that's, that's so typical of some of the folks that, that come on right. and that watch this. Right. I would suggest this to Paris. That is, you're already in information technology, which cybersecurity is a component of information technology or information security, right? It's not the thing, it's part of it. And what you can do as a technologist, in my mind, is you can, uh, you, you can go after some certifications, right? So ISACA offers a few certifications. We have have our certified information security manager or CISM designation that we offer. And you know, our local chapter offers um, review courses uh, to help you get prepared for the exams that ISACA Global uh, administers twice a year. We also have our certified information security uh, systems auditors uh, designation or CISA, which is uh, our, it's our bread and butter. Uh, but we also provide uh, that type of certification training. We also have our cybersecurity nexus platform, uh, which we have a sort of a cybersecurity fundamental certificate that we can help you prepare for. We administer that through the Greater Washington DC chapter. Uh, so certifications in general help because it gives you, it, it, as we all know, it, it lets you know or someone know that, hey, at least you are certified to talk about this subject or to work in this space. So certifications would be uh, one thing. The other thing is connect with people who are in cyber. Connect with Renee, connect with others, you know, connect with me if you want. And you'll see 
through that process, your network start to organically grow. Think about that. And that's what LinkedIn and other platforms allow you to do. Yeah. Um, Paris, I ditto. I don't have anything else to add. <laughs> so Suman, <laughs> Suman says um, he is looking for a project. Same thing. He recently fi- finished the CISA, actually finished the CISA and CA certification, working with identity and access management and providing IT to auditors. So he wants to see if he wants to know if there are any other recommendations. As far as certifications are concerned? Um, um, I think just in general. Say that again? I think just in general. In general. Certifications uh, and in general. Okay, so as I mentioned, building on what I said about <clears throat> connecting with people who are already doing the work, um, there are also groups that you can uh, link up with on LinkedIn, right? That that will give you some suggestions. Uh, look at the career sites. You know, if you're looking to make another move, there is a lot of, as you mentioned earlier, a lot of open opportunities out there. Uh, become a member of organizations like ISACA. You are a member of ISACA. Come out and volunteer with us. You know, we we do monthly conferences. Now they're virtual but we are also looking for great volunteers to help us. So this is a way for you to give back based on your, your, your level of experience, but also to sync up with people who are also in your same position as far as your career is concerned, but also those who are, are, are more experienced at this that can give you some guidance and some insights. And that's one beauty of being a part of an organization like ISACA Greater Washington, D.C. I wanted to add that some of the sometimes people don't fully understand the um, how powerful it is to join these organizations and to become active in the organizations. There's always, to your point, you know, where would you really be able to get in front of another seasoned professional, especially when you're early in your career or you're transitioning and you really want to get under someone or get experience from someone that's just just more experienced than you. Um, Lending your services and volunteering in organizations like this is a key, key way to, you know, make people, these, all of these people, Jermaine and his colleagues could be hiring. Or they'll find out about opportunities very often because their networks are so big and so vast. Mm-hmm. So by volunteering, think about it. The first person, if Jermaine has a job opening, probably going to go to the volunteers first. Hey, anybody know anybody that's looking? Or go to you and say, yeah. hey, are you, yeah. you know, are you looking? Are you interested? Because they've seen you volunteer. They've seen how you work. They like your, you know, yeah. like everything that you bring to the table. So this is what, like when Jermaine talks about networking and talking about volunteering, um, my buddy Nambi talked talked about this last week, getting involved in these working groups, getting involved in these organizations, like really not just saying, oh, I'm a member, but truly volunteering um, and being a part of the group because to Jermaine's point, he needs help. You want to get in? Jermaine, anything else you want to add? Yeah, so I'm glad you said that. Renee, and I'll, I'll, I'll be blunt with you on this. It's, it, it's unimaginable, unimaginable 
I couldn't believe, I couldn't fathom how powerful an organization's impact, I'm talking impact that ISAC has had on my career and, and, and the career of others. Let me give you a little fact about ISACA Greater Washington, D.C. So ISACA Greater Washington, D.C. is the largest chapter in the world right now when it comes to ISACA chapters. Folks, ISACA has 220 chapters worldwide. That is a testament to uh, its reach. And we at ISACA Greater Washington, D.C. are led by a very dynamic board of directors and officers, which I you know, enjoy working with uh, every year. And we are all about bringing exciting, cool, innovative learning opportunities and content to our members, as well as the greater, larger uh, population. So being, being attached to an organization like ISACA Global, ISACA Greater Washington DC, or any of these ISACA chapters around the United States and around the world, you are plugged into the current uh, pulse of not only cyber, but technology. Um, you know, this is, you know, technology has no boundaries, as we know. It has no boundaries on gender or where you grew up. It's available. And we're trying to make sure that we are providing a service uh, to those who are not only in the profession, but those who are thinking about getting into the profession of information technology as a whole, or uh, who are underrepresented. They may not have access to this information. We want to try to make that available to them. It's so much more than just volunteering. It's so much learning, so much sharing. Um, I hope that helps. I hope that resonates with the folks on the, on the uh, live stream. It is. I mean, you got to make me an honorary member. <laughs> I don't have a certification. <laughs> but Come on and so join us. <laughs> join us. It's no, it's no problem with joining us. I will join. Uh, but yes, we are, we are looking. Yes, yes. We're looking forward Paris to it. Says, thank, thank you. you. You're welcome, Paris. Saran says he's he's interested. He wants to know how to sign up. Paris is wants to know how do I get more information on volunteering at these events and joining these organizations. So, what do they do, Jermaine? Do they reach out to you? Do they have to be a member? Do you have to have the certification to volunteer? Like, if you're in college, yeah, yes, yes. So I have answers to all of those. So you can go to our website, Isaka dash gwdc.org. There is a join ISACA GWDC button on the top of the page. There is a volunteer button as well. You can you know become a volunteer. Uh, as far as college students is concerned, we are doing a lot of things to uh, allow them to become in, in, involved in our chapter. So we don't uh, have our student members pay a member fee for instance, right? That's usually $25 per year for a college student, but that can, you know, be cost prohibitive to some people. So we make it easier for them to get involved. As I mentioned, it's, it's a benefit to, to, to get involved. So uh, those are some of the things that they can do. And um, I, I'm sorry, I don't wanna, you know, use my phone to, to type in the uh, web address, but- um, I'll put it in. It, it, yep, and I'll say it again. Isaka-gwdc.org. GWDC, right? Yep, greaterwashingtondc.org, yes, GWDC. And the people have been putting it in. Tyrone put it in, 
Uh, there are a couple people here. I'm trying to get to all the comments that are coming in, but um, folks are are very much Keeney says thank you. Cornelius is checking it out now. Cornelius is Isaka Tyrone. Let him know that. Um, and he's a member, and he started out as a student member. Awesome. So, that, is, that is wonderful. That is wonderful. Tyrone, thank you for much, so much for the shout out. Uh, he's one of our bigger supporters. The other thing that I wanted to add was when you're part of an organization, and this is any you know nonprofit organization that is doing good, you know, we partner with other industry experts and other industry organizations that allow us to bring even additional insights and opportunities because we help each other. So think of the um, this uh, the Cloud Security Alliance, which is you know CSA. That's a big one. We are partnered with them, and we've partnered with some others like Cyber Summit USA, which is a national a cybersecurity uh, roadshow that goes around the country and puts on these big events and has top speakers coming in. We've been partnering with them for a number of years, and we're looking to uh, gain additional partnerships. So the beauty of that is some of those members are also, some of their members are also members of our chapter and vice versa. Okay, mm -hmm. ISSA uh, DC and ISSA um, uh, Nova, Northern Virginia, are also partner with us on a lot of things. So the idea of allowing uh, that cross connection, uh, that intersection, if you want to call it, just enriches the experience for folks who are a part of these organizations. Yeah, so there's so many people joining right now. Belroop says, I will be joining the organization Ready to Volunteer. Paris says she is joining right now, looking forward to connecting. So awesome. this is like a little awesome. recruitment. <laughs> this is a little yes, recruitment yes. effort here. That's great. Um, That's but great. it is. It's really, really powerful. Um, and I think it's just, I think it's overlooked a lot. And I don't think people fully understand what it means to be involved and to, to join. And also, like, like we said, to volunteer, to get your hands involved um, because of the learning, because of the opportunities, because of the networking, um, all the, 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 the events that you all put on. And just the great work in the reach and the outreach. And to your point, you're the biggest chapter with how many um, out of 200 and something chapters, 222 chapters. Is that what you said? Worldwide? Yes. That the DC yes. metro area is the biggest one. Um, so it is just so, so, so powerful. And we've seen this happen so many times in the past um, yeah. where people go in and just make these amazing, you know, network, friendships, all these different things that come out of it. So I can't uh, champion organizations like this enough for people looking to break in and seasoned people in the field too. Absolutely. So, um, okay, we got somebody from YouTube says, I have experience as a desktop support and network support. What certification do I need to get into security? This is Mighty Men. Wow, you might be good at some of the certified ethical hacking um, aspects. Uh, obviously, you know the CISP is going to give you that foundational aspect because you're going to talk about the OIS 
uh, stack or model. You're going to learn about that. You're going to learn about encryption uh, through some of that. So I would say start with this. Either start with the Security Plus, which gives you some basics, then graduate to the CISSP if you're really trying to break or into, I'm sorry, I, I interrupted myself there, or go after the Certified Information Security Manager designation or SISM uh, from ISACA. Those three can get you on your way. Yeah. And he just asked his follow-up question was, is the security plus worth it? And you just answered that while we were, while you were chatting. So yes. Um, and I think there's been a lot of discussion around degrees versus, versus certifications versus skills and all these various things. Um, how would you, I mean, there's been some statistics out there around people who have a certain level of a certain, you know, certain certifications earning on average certain amounts of money. What would you say to people overall when they talk about certs? I mean, it comes up probably every single <laughs> live stream that we do certifications versus degrees versus skills, you know, or the, or not, maybe not all verses, but maybe when in a, in someone's career, should they be working on which that might be a better way to break it down from your perspective, from what you've seen be successful. So that's interesting because, you know, today it's all about, uh, the, the hands-on knowledge that you can bring to companies. So cyber is moving so fast. Uh, a lot, you, you've heard some of the companies like Google, uh, Oracle, some of the bigger companies, even some of the bigger banks going uh, and hiring folks who have certifications versus a degree mm -hmm. because of the practicality of it all. But um, I think you still should have a good mix of, you know, education as well as, as certifications. It's just more well-rounded. But I, mm -hmm. I can see the transition from, hey, I, I need a job. We're in this crisis. I need to get a skilled trade because I remember those days when I was growing up, it was all about working in the auto industry. I grew up in Michigan, so I know how that works. Hey, go get a skilled trade. You'll be fine. That was That was the thing back in those days. But today, it's all about cybersecurity, information technology, technology in general. You think about uh, data analytics and other career areas that you can get into or disciplines you can get into. Those are skilled trades. Those are the skilled trades for the 21st century. So, mm -hmm. you know, you can't sleep on the certifications, but you have to, you know, support that with, and I'll go back to the bread and butter, support that with a strong network. You know, support that with, being involved in organizations that can help you uh, advance your career. Because as I said earlier, I'll go back to this time and time again, the knowledge that you gain in organizations like ISACA and others, it's priceless. Mm -hmm. So I hope that helps. Yeah, it, I think it would. Mighty Men, he says, cool, thanks. So he's gonna take the advice. <laughs> Michael Grant says, I am mm -hmm. studying now the Security Plus, but after Security Plus, I'm looking to take uh, the SSCP. Is that a good certification after the Security Plus or should I go straight to the CISSP? I also have my bachelor's degree in information cybersecurity. Wow. 
That is impressive. <laughs> you mm -hmm. can probably get indoors with some of the companies out there right now. Uh, I would say uh, you can, it's up to you, right? CISSP is one of the highly recognizable um, certifications as far as cybersecurity is concerned. Now you can add a few other designations from a CS, uh, you know, that are focused from a CISSP perspective. Uh, and, and, and as certifications go, uh, you know, if you add in the number of years experience you have with the certification and, and uh, your experiences in general, you, you, you can see that your, your salaries that are associated with them are at a higher premium than someone who may not have that certification. So in my regards, I, or, or my opinion rather, I'm sorry, I would say go for the CSSP since you've already got a basic foundation in place and you've already studied information security at the collegiate level. So go for the, why not go for it? Swing for the fences. <laughs> Swing for, now what if he doesn't have, um, I know at one point in time, and I don't know if Jermaine, you know, if you know the answer to this, um, but I know at one point in time, because Osaka is not, I, ISC squared is the CISSP governing body. Um, and ISACA is the system and CISA governing body and others. So I preface this with um, by saying that to the folks here. So Jermaine, even though he's going to give you uh, data and feedback and information regarding certs from his opinion, he's not, I don't know if he's on the board of ISC squared. <laughs> so he may not, might not necessarily have every single answer. Um, but with that said, the CISSP at a, a few years ago, it used to be that, you know, to, to, to get it approved or to get the official certification, you had to have five years of experience. And then they used to have one, I believe, that you could take the test and be either an associate CISSP or something like that. Is that still the case? So you can be in school or come out of school, take the test without the five years. And then when you get the five years, you're the official CISSP. Do you know if that's still happening? Yes, that is still happening from what I understand. And, and, and to your point earlier, yes, I am not on the board <laughs> of, uh, of ISC squared, nor, nor can I, you know, speak broadly about them, but uh, there's enough, you know, folks that I know who are part of our chapter who also hold that designation so that mm -hmm. I can speak a little bit about it. So, uh, but yes, mm -hmm. to your question, I believe that's still out there. Okay, cool. And then someone, another Cornelius to know, again, you know, he says OSC, OSCP versus CISSP. Would love to hear the answer to that. So I don't know. Wow. I'm, I'm <laughs> going to lean to what I already know. I, I'm going to lean towards CISSP. Uh, <laughs> it's the, it's, yeah. It, yeah. Now, now, if it's a highly, you know, specialized, um, What's the word certification? This other one, mm -hmm. uh, he may he he or she may, uh, you know, attract a higher salary, you know, because of that because it's such a specific and high in demand uh, certification, but hard to find. You know, people who yeah. might have it. Yeah. I believe the OSCP, and I, I'm not 100% sure either because. Um, I am not. I don't. You know, I'm not part of any of the certifying bodies, but I. I do believe it's more specialized. I think it takes, I think you have to do labs and things for this particular one. Um, and I, um, the offensive security. 
So Cornelius says it's the off- offensive security um, certification. Um, and I believe it's more in depth. And I think it may have, um, you know, the, the compensation and the, the, the opportunities out there that require it or are seeking it, um, maybe like to your point, specialized. So maybe, all maybes, nobody quote me on anything. <laughs> this is just me from a recruiter perspective, looking at different things that I see that leaders typically want in a marketplace and things like that. So, um, so Mighty Men is back again. He says, during, <laughs> during these rough times, does it make sense to get the CISSP certification and save or only and save money and not take the security plus. He says CISP, which I'm, I'm assuming is CISSP that he means. He's looking for your recommendation on that. I'm sorry, uh, can you repeat the question? Oh, I'm sorry. So during these rough times, does it make sense to get the CISSP certification only and save money or um, and not take the security plus. So he's a person who had asked before about um, as a new, as a uh, person going into the field with the help desk and that kind of background, mm-hmm. if it made sense to get, you know, which yeah. degrees it made sense to get. And you said to start off with the security plus, which I think is a, a, a more cost effective um, certification to get anyway, right? Yeah, it is more cost effective. I think CompTIA is the one that owns that certification. Um, it is not as expensive uh, or costly uh, to be a part of that. Uh, but if you're seeking to and you have confidence in your ability, and if you, if I heard you correctly, they have their you know network experience, they might do well with going after the CSP because uh, it does speak a lot on some of the uh, networking aspects, you know, securing the network layer and uh, other layers in the OSI, OSI stack. So that, that would probably resonate well with them. Um, mm-hmm. You can also take the approach of, okay, if I needed to make a decision, I can also you know, get content on Security Plus, right? use that as uh, uh, some material to augment my studies if I'm going for the CISSP, right? So you can kind of use them hand in hand if you ask me. Uh, so to ask, answer the question directly, it depends on what you're, you know, if you feel comfortable with going after the CISSP, right? It doesn't sound like you're new to this space. So I would recommend that CISSP. Uh, for someone who has a little bit more experience like you have, uh, you know, but someone with lesser experience and are maybe even changing careers altogether and trying to get into cyber, you definitely want to do the, the security plus uh, to get you that foundation. Right. There was a comment up here that talked about Black Hat, the Oak DEFCON that I want to post so earlier, Dylan, when we talked about just networking and getting out there and doing various things, um, Dylan says DEFCON is this week and it's a great place to network. So just letting everyone know again, DEFCON, Black Hat, all of these places, this is where you know all the security people are. So being a part of this is great. Another person, you got another somebody else, Martin is ready to, is ready to join up. So they're ready to join, Jermaine. Hey, come on. <laughs> we're, we're ready. We, 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 
so 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 we are at about 4500 members right now mm -hmm. active members not just in our mailing list which is probably two or three times larger but we have that many folks that are actively involved uh, with the various certifications that we offer as well as the events that we host we are our goal we want to try to hit 8000 8000 members that's how, how aggressive we're thinking about growing this. And the pandemic, as bad as it is, it's been a blessing because people are sitting still. They're trying to figure out different ways to enhance their skills and to keep them fresh and constant and, and current. Um, and we're positioned to help them with that. So come on, we're, mm -hmm. we're waiting for you. We welcome you with open arms. So reach out to Jermaine, everybody who wants ISACA, the website and Jermaine. Um, so Jermaine, we're at the 30, almost 37 minute mark. Um, and I know you have a lot to do and really, really appreciate your time. Can you talk a little bit about what is going to happen tomorrow? Because we want all these people that are listening to get a glimpse into what ISACA provides and what you do. So talk about a little bit about that diversity panel that's coming up tomorrow. Wow, we are so excited about this. Um, and thank you, and I'll say this out loud, for being uh, a, a panelist on this, uh, this, 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 this panel. It's a very important topic, as you know, right now uh, with uh, you know, what's playing out in the United States and globally. Um, and you know, it's important for us to help continue the conversation, as you see, a lot of companies after the incidents in Louisville and, and Minnesota um, and Georgia, it's, it's got a lot of companies thinking about this, about diversity and inclusion. And only thing that we're trying to accomplish here is one, to keep the conversation going because it's one thing to talk about and do something, donate here, but you got to keep the conversation going. And, and, and we have a platform to do that. So we're gonna you know, have folks like yourself and others uh, share their insights <clears throat> from the various uh, areas they come from. We have the government, US federal government, we have the, the US armed services represented, we have technology companies uh, represented. So, and then of course yourself who come from the, what should companies be doing to attract a more diverse and representative uh, recruiting pipeline. Uh, so, you know, that, you know, is one of the, the, the goals. The other goal is to educate folks on how diversity matters. And I'll say that again, why it matters. And, and, and we're, we're looking forward to the panelists to share those insights on how having a diverse workforce just makes it better for everyone. Mm -hmm. So we're looking forward mm -hmm. to everybody coming out tomorrow. So please come on out and, and check us out. Okay, wonderful. And like I said, thank you. I'm honored to be a part of the esteemed panel. I I feel, uh, you know, I hope I live up to the, to the test because there's some powerful people on that panel tomorrow. And yes, it'll be very, very interesting to talk about some of these topics and diversity um, and talent and recruiting and retention and um, 
just as a whole, you know, Chris and I, when Chris is on the website, on the podcast, we talk a lot about diversity of thought and just bringing in different perspectives. And it's so, so, so key and so important. And it just makes better business sense overall. You know, the statistics are out there. So I'm not going to get deep because we're going to talk about it tomorrow. If anybody wants to join what is the Cornelius said he just signed up to attend. Yes, that is the purpose of this. We want we want everybody to sign up. Um, Cornelius said, I just signed up to attend. Looking forward to it. I would love to be a future panelist regarding youth engagement. So Cornelius, yeah. he yeah, wants to yeah. be ready. He's ready. So yes, yeah. would love for um for folks to attend. And Jermaine, where is the what's the website that they can use? Should they um is it on the ISACA DC website or I can yes, post it up too? It, yes, it is. It's on that website. It's, uh, if you go to our home, I'm sorry. If you go to our home page, you'll see upcoming events and you, you there that uh, folks can click on and get to the event page and they can register there. This is a free event. Doesn't cost you anything but your time. Let me, let me set the table a little bit too. There's two panels, so we're going to have a we're going to have a group of panels, uh, panelists at, starting at three o'clock, and then at four o'clock we're going to bring on an additional four panelists. So we're going to have a couple hours of talking about different things uh, related to diversity and inclusion in uh, organizations. Uh, so they can go look at all of our upcoming events. We also have a women in leadership and technology event coming up, that is a marquee event for us as well. Uh, please, please uh, look to attend. Uh, that event and we have some other events that we uh, post regularly on our website so check it out okay excellent so noelle wants to know how much does she need in order to belong to the organization so if you're a student um well you do, there's, it's free to for the panel tomorrow i don't know about the future ones but for tomorrow mm -hmm. it's definitely um free and then if uh jermaine can you let her know if you're if she's a student the, the pricing and if she's not a student, what it is to join, how much it costs to join. To be, yes, to become a member. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it's for students, it's less than a typical full-fledged member, which I think it's in total 225 bucks or something like that in total for the year. Mm -hmm. And the reason why that's the case is a large part of that goes to ISACA Global, okay? And then the chapters have their fee that you, you, you become a part of. And uh, for our actual students, I think it was $25 to get them involved. But we are covering that cost for those who become a member of ISACA Greater Washington, D.C. Okay, great. So if you're a student, it's no cost. And, and, and yeah. Right now. Mm -hmm. Yes, and I would like to add too, if you, yeah, that's true. If you go to our site and 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 us or join ISACA Better World DC, uh, you will uh, in the prices associated with it. So everything's on the site. There are email links that you can you can leverage to reach out to people if you have some. Okay, perfect. So. Jermaine, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast today. We really, really appreciate your time. You know, bringing this information um, directly from the organization is so crucial and so important. 
and sharing your story about how powerful it has been for you to be a part of ISACA has been, I think, amazing. And, and one of the, we haven't really had as many people as we've had on the Breaking into Cybersecurity podcast. We haven't had anyone who is a VP inside of one of the governing bodies of such a huge, you know, organization that has so many members and have so many people that are certified. So this was fantastic. And hearing your view is really, really powerful. And I think it would really resonate with, with the folks out there. So thank you so much. Renee, it's been an honor, as I said earlier, and thanks for having me. We're looking forward to having you on tomorrow. And uh, to all the folks that follow you and, 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 and view you uh, and, and attend these, these live streams, this is powerful. This is where it is. This is where it's happening. And I'd like to also add one last thing. When it comes to cyber, you also have to keep in mind, and this might be another topic, another day, the human factor, because it all starts with human behavior. Technology only can take us so far. But unless you are practicing good habits, just like if you were, you know, you know, dealing with the pandemic, practice good habits to protect yourself, protect your assets, protect the ones you love. Excellent. Perfect way to end off. All right. A LinkedIn user says this was great. I don't know who it is, but thank you. <laughs> and we will we will make sure to connect. Cornelius, yes, I'll connect with you as well. And we will make sure to um, hopefully we see you all or you you all will see us tomorrow in the diversity panel, ISACA's diversity panel. So I'll make sure to post that link on my um, on my LinkedIn as well. And I'll post it here afterwards when we're done. And we look forward to seeing everybody hopefully tomorrow afternoon. Thank you so much, Jermaine. Thank you, Renee. Have a great right. day. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.